Hey guys, what's up? <clears throat> what episode are we on? I think, Jesus, I think we're on seven. Because last week was, hang on, let me look at my notes. I do not have my life together. Yeah, we're on week seven. Week seven. Week seven. Okay, so yes, episode seven. Coming at you. True crime. What's up? We're a little late, but you know. Our life has been really crazy lately. We both got promoted. <laughs> yes. Which means a fuck ton more work. <laughs> yes. A lot more hours. A lot more, um, well, a lot less will to do things in life. <laughs> Except sleep, honestly. Literally. <laughs> it's literally like, all I've wanted to do is sleep. Yeah. All we've wanted to do when we get home is nothing. We just want to sit and do nothing. There's been a lot more days, because honestly, like, you guys can ask Jen, I don't drink a whole lot, but there's been a lot of nights I've come home, and I took a shot. Because it is not like her at all. It's been a day. (laughs) (laughs) I don't do shit like that. (laughs) So obviously, someone... It's been a day. (laughs) Has been going through it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay. So, speaking of alcoholic beverages. Yes. I'm drinking a virgin, though, because I didn't feel like drinking tonight. Mackenzie's going to take one for the team and drink for Um, everyone. Yep, I'm cool with it. (laughs) (laughs) So, we basically did a... It's called Innocence because of reasons you'll find out later. And it's a cotton candy cosmopolitan. And you guys should go check out the video and like us on all our social media platforms. But the video is really cool because of the way that the, the cotton candy melts whenever the drink is poured on top of it. It, looks, it has a really cool effect. So Yeah, it's really, really good, too. You should try it at home, definitely. Yep. P.S. <clears throat> drink responsibly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish they As could As if we it. did that. I wish they could see your facial expressions because that's half the reason why I laugh so much is because you either have that, like, I don't know what this means or let's fuck a bitch up. Look. (laughs) Okay. So anyways, so we've decided that we want, um, me to go first today because mine is a little bit shorter. Yes. Oh, okay. Wait, wait, I, wait, wait, wait. Let's warn them. I know, friends. I was about to. I was like, I want to issue a disclaimer. <laughs> yes. Let's. If do anyone that. is not okay with hearing about horrific tragedies happening to young children, please do not listen to this week's episode. We do not want to trigger anything. We do not want to upset anyone. We just. These stories happen, and we want to get them out there and talk about them in a safe setting. Yes. So, discretion, these are very, very bad incidences that have happened to children, and if you're not about that, then please click off this episode and we'll see you. Hopefully you're not about that. Well, you know what I mean. Like, if you're not okay with listening to us discuss this, like, we'll see you next episode, and we completely understand. Yes. 100%. Okay. So. Drink break. Drink. Yeah. Oh, hey. You want to clink? I want to clink. Oh, we can't reach. 
clink, clink. <laughs> oh shit, I almost spilled it on me. It doesn't help that they're in giant ass margarita glasses either. <laughs> if you just heard me slurp, I give you permission to slap me over the internet. <laughs> I don't condone slurping, damn it. <laughs> There's a lot you don't condone, Jennifer. If you smack your food, you deserve to get smacked in the face. The you know, there's an actual condition <laughs> about that, right? Like, that's a legit thing. They've diagnosed it. Well, I have it, currently, <laughs> in this time. I can't for the life of me remember what it is, though. I, I found it out whenever I was looking up for the fact for today. Oh. I wish I'm I had sorry. a straw, because this is not a good angle for me to be drinking. No, but I'm enjoying it immensely. <laughs> I really can't. <laughs> Success! It's so good. Please don't take that straw. I don't know how long my cup has been what there. Straw? I wasn't oh. even thinking about it. <laughs> okay. I'm not that person. <laughs> so I'm just saying, I have no clue how long my cup has been there. Straw out of. A random cup. Oh, jeez. <laughs> We're not filthy, I promise. <laughs> no. Alright, so my topic for the night um, is the murder of Jamie Bulger. Bugle? I'm just going to say Bulger because it's B-U-L-G-E-R. Hey, save some of that. I want another one. What? Girl, I'm ready for round two. <laughs> Let me see if I can get it into your cup. Okay, we're gonna do this before we get started. Almost. Oh, I was close. Ooh, disappeared. Alright. Oops, I hit my mic twice. My bad. Oops. <laughs> okay, so the murder of Jamie Bulger. I think it's Bulger. Bulger. I agree with you, it's Bulger. See? Sounds better. Okay, so this actually happened Jewel or <clears throat> wow. December 2nd, 1993. Oh, shit. In Britain. Yeah. So, a little bit ago. It's been a minute. Know. That wasn't, well, that wasn't that long ago. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, but that was I'm like. I'm not that old. Oh, shit. <laughs> Whoops. I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> I'm just going to take a drink before I yeah. shoot myself in the foot even more. Okay. So, I'm going to start at the beginning with his mother, Denise um, Bulger, and like I said, they were in Britain, and she went to a shopping center in Butel, near Liverpool, mm -hmm. and she took her two-year-old son, Jamie, with her. Um, she had a bunch of plans. She needed to go to the butcher. She oh, God. needed to do a bunch of stuff, right? So I just feel like after I know where this is going. <laughs> I don't think you do at all. Like I really don't. Um, yeah. So just after three, they started <clears throat> walking around and they went to the butcher on the ground floor of the shopping plaza. It's like a mall. And it was busy, so they had to you know, there was a line going like outside the butcher. So that's kinda like some background story that we need to know. Uh that same day Two young boys went to that same mall. They were about 10 years old. 
Their names were Robert Thompson and John Venables. Ven Venables. Weird names. Um, so yeah, they were ten and decided to st skip school that day. Both of them were came from difficult backgrounds, so, and they were kind of problem kids. You know, we're always getting into trouble, always starting stuff, and yeah. Um. <coughs> and whenever they did skip school, they usually got involved in some petty crime. What the fuck? Yeah. What do you mean petty crime? Like thieving and. Like, stealing candy and doing stuff like that. Oh, okay. They, like, yeah, tagging, things they weren't supposed to be doing. I'm thinking, like, robberies and shit. I'm <laughs> like, what do you mean, petty crime? They're just like, yeah, let's go rob a fucking bank. Like. <laughs> I don't think robbing a bank is classified <laughs> as petty crime, Jennifer. Back then? Oh, wait, it was the 90s. Yes. <laughs> don't be committing petty crimes. <laughs> I was about to, like, give, like, a... Oh. <laughs> They're like, don't try this at home. I was gonna give a warning like that, but I couldn't think of it. Are you sure that's a virgin? Like, are you sure? Yes. Okay. <laughs> just, just making sure. Um. I collected my, I collected it myself. Oh, of course. Yeah. So they had been shoplifting all day long. That they were there. Okay. They'd already stolen um, candy, a troll doll, a can of blue paint, and some batteries. Those are Jesus, important. Jesus, whatever they want. Literally anything they wanted. Uh, but those are important. Okay. So they would throw things down the escalator to create chaos. Like, they would throw them at people and laugh whenever people, like, fell or ran away or tripped or something like that. Little assholes, right? Yeah. And they decided that that was getting boring and they wanted to do something else so they wanted to take it up a notch earlier that day they had talked about trying to take a kid away from his mom and see how bad she freaked out <coughs> what the fuck right and uh they wanted to then they talked about taking a kid and luring it onto a busy road and pushing it into traffic and seeing what happened oh my god You have pictures of all these people, right? Oh, yeah. I'll show them to you. Okay. Oh, I can actually. I'll pull them up right now. Yeah, let me see what they look like so I can picture them while you're talking about them. Yeah. <coughs> um, My bad. I keep coughing. Ugh. Let me get a drink. How dare you? Die on your own time. <laughs> I know. Can't be wasting people's time. Okay. So, this is Robert and John. I feel like I've seen them before. And this <coughs> is Jamie. Two year old two years old. You can barely see him, but he's tiny. He's he's tiny. Um <coughs> where was I? Oh, they even tried to convince a child to leave with them and they almost succeeded. What um, the fuck? A woman noticed that her three-year-old and two-year-old son were being lured away by two young boys. Like she was shopping in a store, and these boys got their attention, like these kids, and were like, hey, come with us, come play with us. 
And I mean, these are two little kids and two other kids beckon them. Of course they're going to trust these children. Yeah. You know, like, they've always been told stranger danger, not children danger. Excuse me, there is a message. Oops, sorry guys. My phone decided to say stuff. Um, so, the mom turned around after being distracted for literally two seconds and found out both of her children were gone panicked and just started running around trying to find her kids and she found her daughter uh just outside the store but her son wasn't anywhere near how old was the son two um when asked about her brother she said oh he's gone outside to play with the boys oh my god yeah uh the woman grabbed her daughter and she ran as fast as she could and she saw two boys beckoning uh her son to follow them and uh, John noticed that the mom was running after them, so she, or excuse me, so he made the boy turn around and go back to his mom and was like, hey, we were just playing, we didn't, sorry, you know. What a little fucker. Yeah. <clears throat> the woman was so relieved that she ended up losing sight of the boys. They went back into the, like, into the building and got Jesus. lost in the crowd. Yeah. John and Robert were annoyed that they weren't able to take the boy with them and have fun. You know, just picking on him and stuff. So they went to look for another kid because they just, they thought that that was the most fun that they had had all day was kidnapping this child or attempting to. Oh my God. And that's when they saw (coughs) Jamie Bulger standing outside the butcher shop with his distracted mother, who was two years old. Uh, How the fuck is you, are you that distracted? Like, why do you not have his hand in your hand? What are you doing? I mean, <coughs> as much as I want to say that, it really only takes, like, two seconds to lose track. And, like, you just, you forget to just hold on to him for a second if you're busy or you got a lot on your mind. I can see how it happens. I could see if they were, like, four or five, but two, no. Yeah, true. No. I'm trying to give her the benefit of the doubt, all no. right? It was the 90s. Um, they uh, they spotted Jamie when they were trying to steal candy from the the trolley outside the butcher stop and turn page I just hit my mic sorry Um, and they noticed him standing by himself while his mother was just inside and within seconds they had taken the young boy (laughs) by the hand and led him out of the shopping center. I actually have a picture of them caught on the security camera leading this kid out. Hang on. Oh my god. Right here. So you can literally see them leading him by the hand outside. Yeah, what the hell. Um. (sighs) And these kids are like These are ten. They're ten? These boys are ten years old. They're like 36 now. Yeah. So, um. Jesus. Yeah, they led him outside the shopping center and they just, you know, everybody saw them. And they just looked like two older boys taking care of their little brother. Because Jamie even kind of looked like them. Like he had dark, or they, one of them had 
like sandy brown hair and jamie had sandy brown hair and they were just like and they were making him laugh and stuff like that he it looked like a little set of brothers yeah so nobody stopped him yeah i could definitely see that yeah so back at the butcher store denise noticed that her son was missing and started freaking out and went automatically to a security guard Uh um and she rattled off a description of what he was wearing and what he looked like, and it was read out over the loudspeaker. But there was, it was half an hour later, no sign of Jamie, and that's when they finally called the police. They waited a half an hour <coughs> after no one had reported him being seen inside the mall before. What the fuck? They should have called the police immediately. immediately. Yes! <laughs> because someone doesn't just go missing in a mall. Like. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Um, but Jamie and his kidnappers were already way outside the mall Nothing by the time the police were neglect. called. Mm-hmm. So um, they ran and played till they were around two and a half miles away from the shopping center in Liver- near Liverpool. And Jamie wanted his mom. Like, he started getting fussy, but the boys were, you know, making him laugh, so he ended up trusting him trusting them staying with them and having a good time because they said they were like well just play with us and then we'll take you home to your mom poor baby he's only two yeah he can't fucking make decisions <clears throat> and they eventually crossed completely into liverpool near the canal there mm-hmm. um 40 people spotted them and nobody know like nobody brought it to attention like they passed 40 people well, yeah, Walking. because they're not going to be like, oh, hey, did you kidnap that child? Yeah. That's not really... That's just insane to me, though. <laughs> like, if if one adult would have just kind of stopped them and been like, hey, where are your parents? Or what are you doing? Or, yeah. They probably would have gotten scared and left him with them and yeah. ran off. And it would have turned out completely different. Yeah. If one person would have done something. Except they would have found another child. Probably. Probably, and they probably would have been a lot more vicious because they were frustrated. Um, once they were near the canal, the boys picked up Jamie, turned him upside down, and dropped him on his head. What the fuck? And um, the force of the his head hitting the pavement left a mark, and it began to swell, and it was bleeding. And he cried, and the boys left him there and joked. Like, they didn't, I mean, they didn't go too far, but they just kind of left him by himself crying, and bleeding a passing woman saw jamie and did nothing with them after he was bleeding sitting by himself crying and she did nothing wait well they left him they just left they left they went off by themselves to play in another area of the park and they left him (coughs) alone crying near the water oh i didn't realize that this was a park yeah it was there's like you there's a park right next to the canal but there was a woman that walked on the sidewalk past jamie Crying and bleeding, and she didn't do anything. Oh my god, what a bitch. Um, eventually, after a few minutes, uh, John and Robert grew bored and decided to move on, and they called for Jamie again. Even though they just dropped him on his head, he still followed them. Because at this point, he, he doesn't know what to think. Yeah, he doesn't know where he is. He doesn't. <coughs> they, these two boys are the only people that he knows mm-hmm. in this area. Um... His forehead was bruised, swollen, and bleeding, so they pulled up his hood to try and cover it up. 
Um, but it was still pretty visible. People saw and would, like, look but didn't do anything. The, the John said that people looked at them but didn't stop them. What the hell is wrong with people? One woman saw Robert punch Jamie in the head and merely pulled her curtains closed. Um... Finally, an older woman stopped them to ask what was wrong, and the boys told her that they found him at, like, the bottom of the hill, and they were taking them back to his house. That way, you know, he would have someplace safe to be while they called his parents. And she said, she suggested that they go to the police station instead, and kept walking. What the hell? How about irresponsible ass bitches? Like literally nobody. Are you not an adult? <laughs> I'm right. Crazy. Like I'm sorry if I saw this child crying, bleeding with a gash on his forehead, I would take him. Like you're to... the adult. Why are you suggesting to these children that they should go to the police station? They probably don't even know where that shit is. If they even had that purpose, right? Um, another woman wanted to help, but she needed to take care of her daughter. So what she said is she saw the boy and she felt like something was off about the situation, but she had a baby, like 18 months old or something like that, that she like was literally sitting inside waiting for her. So she was like, I can't just leave my kid to go across the street and take care of somebody else's kid. Uh, I'm like, your baby will be fine for two minutes. Yeah, I'm like, first of all, he's bleeding. Like, just go snatch him up and call the police. That's all it takes. Yeah, and John, Robert, and Jamie just kept on walking. Uh, they even took him into stores. Like, it's like they wanted to get caught. I think that I they feel like to they get were. I, honestly, okay, so I feel like <clears throat> they were testing to see how far they could take it. Yeah. Because, like, and the more, the more risk was the better, like, the more adrenaline, you know, just like serial killers. Mm-hmm. So, these both, these guys are both budding, well, they are psychopaths. Um, and they're just getting off on it at this point. Um, they eventually made, oh. <clears throat> they eventually made their way to an old railway line in Walton and it was abandoned very isolated hardly any, well it wasn't abandoned but hardly any trains or anything ever went through mm-hmm. it was used specifically to take things across country and it was it like trains was didn't like even a freight train yeah trains thing. didn't even stop there anymore they just used the tracks to like switch off mm-hmm. um, for a moment they hesitated and discussed whether or not they should actually go through with it or turn back. And they decided to uh, go on. So at this time, they reached the train yard at around 6 p.m. I just cannot believe that these 10-year-old children, that 10-year-olds, first of all, that they even found each other to begin with. I feel like their environment had a lot to do with how soon they escalated to such intense violence. Because they both came from abusive homes. Oh, they did? Yeah. Like, they came from troubled backgrounds, and it was... I mean, that's not an excuse, by any means, to what they're doing. No, but, but I'm like, 
how crazy is it that these two psychopaths were able to find each other at 10 years old? Small world, I guess. Um, once they were out of sight of prying eyes, they began to uh, indulge their basest instinct. Quote, 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 quote. They tortured him. They threw paint in his eyes. Um, they kicked him all over his body. They pummeled him with bricks and stones that they found around the train yard. Jesus. They stuffed batteries in his mouth, and according to the police report, one of the boys stuffed batteries in his rectum. Jesus. He was found naked from the waist down, and his um, foreskin was peeled back almost halfway up his... Mm -hmm. And... You know, they kept kicking him, and finally they dropped a 22-pound uh, fish plate on his head and killed him. Or, well, they think that's what killed him. He, he was so mangled that they, they weren't able to do, discern a cause of death. Jesus. Um, yeah. They, uh, his skull ended up being fractured in ten places. And the pathologist said that they weren't able to uh, discern the cause of death, like I said. Uh, boys weren't done. They decided they needed to make the death look like an accident so they wouldn't get in trouble. So um, they dragged his body onto the train tracks. That way, whenever a train would come by, it would be torn apart and it would just look like he wandered and fell on the train track. But it was found before that? No. Uh, then the boys cleaned up and went home. Like, nothing happened. Uh, the parents were the first suspects for the police, of course. You know, that's usually how that works. Um, sorry, I need a minute. That's just unreal. Jesus. To me. <clears throat> okay. Uh, police ended up asking around and... People remembered seeing Jamie leave with two older boys, and after 6 p.m., they finally decided to check the video footage of them all. What time was it whenever he got left? Three. Um, the image went nationwide. Uh, his father said, I remember feeling relieved. I thought he would definitely be safe with two other kids. There's no way that he would be hurt. Jesus Christ. Ah, uh, ha, ha, man. And, uh... Hang on, I didn't write the rest of the... Yeah. So... He, uh... His body was ran over by a train and split in two. Whenever they found him. And uh, the police found evidence all over the scene, including murder weapons. Like, these these were children, so obviously they didn't know how to police the scene. An anonymous tipster who'd followed the story pointed out John and Robert. And both were arrested a short time later. The two boys 
were questioned and they turned on each other saying that it was each other's idea you know he pressured me he forced me to do it you know things like that but eventually John confessed and uh, he admitted Robert says that he didn't have any part in it or whatever Robert blamed John and John blamed Robert but eventually John was I'm thinking that Robert was the dominant in the situation because you know how like in serial killers if there's a group or a partnership there's always this dominant and a submissive mm-hmm and the dominant is the one that comes up with the ideas and the submissive kind of just feeds off the energy and gets to, you know, go through their psychotic tendencies, but they're not brave enough to do anything by themselves. Yeah. I'm thinking that Robert was definitely the dominant and it was all, it was his idea initially, <clears throat> but John was kind of feeding off of it and went with, and went through with it. So you think that John did most of it? I do, personally. Because of what, you know, later stuff. Um, later stuff? I'll tell you. Um, but John admitted that... This is why I think that he was dismissive. Because he admitted, he said, I killed him. And then he begged the police to tell Jamie's mother that he was very, very sorry. And that he would do anything to take it back. As if she gives a fuck if you're sorry. Yeah. That poor lady. Um, but Robert was adamant. I had, you know, it was all John's idea. I didn't, he forced me to do it, you know, like that's... He's a true psychopath, like... Yeah, that's <clears throat> kind of what I'm thinking. Uh, the police... No remorse. Yeah. The police even thought of him as cold, uh, as a cold hard individual. Is was their actual words from the report. Um, but there was too much evidence, so both of them were charged. Uh, due to their identities, or due to their age, their identities were kept a secret. Um, despite this, the public wanted blood. Of course. Of course. Um, and though they were age 10 whenever they committed the crime, both were convicted as juveniles. Right. And this is what I'm going to talk to you about, like, moral stuff whenever I'm done. Um, they were old enough by a few months to be considered criminally responsible. Um, but the judge decided that their crimes were unparalleled, were one, was one of unparalleled evil and barbarity. So, since they were just a few months shy, they couldn't really be tried as adults, technically. So they said that they were the youngest. Oh no, no, they were, they were, because they were convicted of. Um, no, never mind, never mind. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Sorry, I'm reading the 250 years, but it's saying that the youngest people are convicted of murder in 250 years. They served um, would receive a minimum sentence of eight years, to be reevaluated um, whenever they turned 18. What the fuck? Okay, please tell me you have, like, where they are now. No, it's anonymous. Um, Wait, what? We don't know their identities for real? Whenever they, um, their cases were reassessed in 2001, and both were deemed model prisoners and were released and given new identities and were able to live under assumed names. That way, wherever they moved, people wouldn't harass them. And they would actually be able to 
have a life, which, you know, I really don't think is fair because Jamie never got to, but that's no. cool. Um, while Thomas, or while Thompson seemed, um... Thompson? Robert seemed to have gone quiet. Venables, or John, was imprisoned in 2010 for downloading pictures of abused male children. Oh my god, this motherfucker probably got off on what he did. Mm-hmm. And then he was released and then imprisoned again in 2017 for the same offense. Oh my god! Yeah. Can this guy just get life already? Yeah, and that's the one that said I'm sorry. So even though I still think that Robert was the dominant, because he was probably actually on the outside doing something about his urges instead of just downloading pictures and, st- and porn and getting caught. Um, and in the end, he served, John served more time for, he served more time for downloading torture porn of children than for actually murdering a child. Ugh, that's fucking disgusting. Yeah. <sighs> and so that's disgusting. That's that. My morality question is: What exactly should be this? Should be what we considered horrific enough to try someone as an adult, regardless of their age? Like, I feel like you need to have a psychological evaluation and do like the severity of your crime. They should have been imprisoned for life, in my opinion. Yeah, they should have. And they should have been eight going... Eight fucking years? Eight years, until they turned 18. And mm, then they were reevaluated. Disgusting. Yeah, but they were model prisoners for eight years. Who gives a shit if they're model prisoners, honestly? Exactly. That's what I said. Like, that was their mentality. Is like, well, you've been good for eight years. Don't do it again. Here you go. Here's a new life. Don't murder any more kids. Yeah. That's... It was, like, I understand, like, to me, the, the abuse to Jamie was awful. Mm-hmm. And it was hard to think of. But what made me think that they were going to be repeat offenders was the sodomy. Yeah. Because no one just does that. They, that, that happens for a reason. Whether it's curiosity, which means you're going to expand your curiosity. Yeah. Or because you've been experiencing something similar or something, but all of the pathologists say that due to, like, the way that muscles and stuff constricted, Jamie was alive whenever those batteries were inserted. So that tells me that these are going to be repeat offenders, and they need to be in prison for the rest of their lives. And I'm not even a fucking doctor, and I can tell you that. Jesus. Alright, I need another drink because this this story messed with my head. So I'm gonna make a drink me break. Another. Yep. Okay. Okay, so once again, guys, um mine is also about a child. Um <clears throat> So, you know, listener discretion is advised. 
Um, okay, so this is the story of the murder of Sylvia Likens. Obviously, you've heard a little bit about her. Yes. Um, but <clears throat> I have a lot more than what you read about her, so let's get into it. Um, Sylvia, first of all, she, at this time of the story, she's 16 years old. And she was born between um, two sets of twins. So she's the middle child. And um, she has two older twin siblings, um, Diana and Danny. And then two younger twin siblings who are Jenny and Benny. <laughs> why? <laughs> like, what is wrong I with you? even keep a straight face. I'm like, why do you do that to your children? But anyways... So, she's the middle child. She's the only one that doesn't have a twin. Um, And Jenny and Benny are one year younger than her. And um, Diana and Danny are two years older than her. Okay. So, they're 18 at this time. And uh, Jenny is 15. And Benny is 15. But, um, anyway, so her parents' names are Betty Francis and Lester Likens, and they're both carnival workers. Um, hey, the cotton candy. (laughs) That that goes with it. I didn't even think about that. Anyways, um, the kids had a really rocky childhood. They were constantly moving, um... They had moved to 14 different locations by the time Sylvia was 16. Jeez. Yeah. So, um, Sylvia and Jenny, who had polio, were living with their mother. She, it turns out she did have polio, so, yeah, for some reason I had thought that she didn't. Um, they were living with her mother in Indianapolis with their, what the fuck, why did I write that twice? Um, after their parents had split up. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, Diana and Danny are 18, and for some reason, Benny went to live with their grandparents because... When their parents split up, their dad went to continue on with the carnival, and the grandparents would only take the boys. So the grandparents adopted the boys. Sex just And refused to, yeah, like, refused to adopt the girls. So, girls are living with the mom. (laughs) Which is really fucking weird. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... At some point after July 4th of 1965, Betty was arrested for shoplifting, and she ended up in jail, which left the girls to their dad, who didn't know what to do with them because he was a carnival worker. And he um, decided to have the girls move in with one of their neighbors, whose name was Gertrude Benezhevsky. Benishevsky, I think is how you say it. Um, she had seven children of her own, ranging in the ages of 18 months to 17 years old. Jeez. <laughs> Full house. And she agreed to watch Sylvia and Jenny for $20 a week. Um, I don't know how much $20 a week amounted to now. Let's look it up real quick. Let's see. Neat. 20 the value of twenty dollars in nineteen sixty five. 
Why didn't I look this up earlier? <laughs> you had a lot on your mind. You were trying to save a turtle. Yeah. Jennifer, okay, so while she's looking this up, guys, I'm waiting for Jen to get home, and I'm in the bedroom charging my phone, and she calls me and just hops up and was like, hey, what are you doing? I was like, I just, I'm about to change my clothes. I'm just chilling. She's like, okay, well, get outside. We got to go save a turtle <laughs> that was trying to cross the street. And we drove around for, what, like maybe five, ten minutes trying to find the turtle? Yeah. We, we drove in circles like six <laughs> times trying to find this turtle. We never found the damn turtle. I know. And I'm pretty convinced that there was no turtle. No, there was. But <laughs> someone probably picked up. Because there was a car behind me. So, they might have stopped and picked it up. Because trust me, it was fucking huge. It, I thought it was an armadillo, but it wasn't. Jeez, yeah. For real. But, um, and plus, I've picked up a turtle over there before. That makes okay? sense. Okay, and it became my pet. <laughs> <laughs> Never touch. leave a defenseless animal near Jennifer. No. Anyways, so $20.1965 is the equivalent of $159 today. So, for about $159 a week, she was watching the girls. Jeez. If it was today. So, um, two weeks into the girls living there, um, the $20 was not on time, and, um, Gertie, as the children call her, (laughs) took the girls upstairs, and she slapped Jenny and yelled, I took care of you two bitches for two weeks for nothing. Jeez. Yeah. Um, at first, everything was fine. Sylvia was allowed to go to church with family, um, watch TV, listen to music, hang, hang out with friends, go to the park, do whatever she wanted. She could go to Sunday school, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Charlie being needy Charlie, in the background. Go away. <laughs> um, anyways, so, Yeah. She also went to high school with Stephanie and Paula, two of Gertrude's older daughters. Um, actually, Stephanie was 15 and Paula was 17, I think. Hmm. It could have been the other way around, but yeah. Um, they didn't have a stove. They only had a hot plate. So they all pretty much only ate soup and crackers. Jeez. All the time. And since they were so poor, they didn't have any utensils. They only had three spoons. What the fuck? Yeah. So each person would use a spoon and then go clean it off and give it to the next person. And they ate in shifts. Yeah. Can you imagine living like that? No. It's crazy. I would drink the soup. <laughs> For real, though, why are you even using a spoon at this point? So, um, Sylvia, or, yeah, Sylvia was, go ahead and look at the first picture. Okay. Um, that's Sylvia. Pretty girl. Yeah, everyone said that she was really pretty, and because of it, she was getting bullied by the other girls in the house. Were the other girls horrendous? 
Let me see. The next picture is Jenny. That's her younger sister. She's pretty too. The next picture is Gertrude. Ooh. And then that's Paula. Oh. And that's Stephanie. Is that her baby? It might be her baby or it might be Paula's baby. Um, <clears throat> okay, so she was getting bullied at school by the girls and everything because of how pretty she was, whatever. In August um, of 1965, this is, like I said, 1965, um, she accidentally told them in front of everyone that she had a boyfriend who had laid in bed with her. But that they didn't do anything. And Gertrude got pissed and yelled, you're going to have a baby. And then kicked her in the crotch. Whoa. Yeah. And then Paula, who was pregnant at the time, got pissed as well for some fucking reason. As if she had a right to be pissed. And... She knocked Sylvia to the ground and said, you ain't fit to sit in a chair. Yeah. Wow. Her whore ass. Excuse my language. (laughs) You can't be like that and then, you know. And be pregnant, bitch. Like, you can't be pregnant and judge someone for that. Anyways. um, So, later on. Sylvia may or may not have started a rumor that Paula and Stephanie are prostitutes at school. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Like, I really don't think so, but the girls claim that she did. So, Stephanie's boyfriend, Coy Hubbard, who is 15, um, he heard about it and he beat Sylvia up for starting a rumor about his girlfriend being a prostitute. And at this time, he was also doing judo and he decided to start practicing it on sylvia for the next couple months what the fuck yeah he literally used her as a practice dummy how is everyone okay with this it's fucking insane trust me he would flip her against walls or onto the floor and do all of his little judo things it's fucking horrible Um, Gertrude beat Sylvia for spreading rumors later on that day whenever she got home from school. Um, and Gertrude began, began, um, encouraging neighborhood children to turn their anger towards Sylvia. She told a girl named Anna, who was friends with Sylvia, that Sylvia had called her mom a hooker, which made Anna attack Sylvia. And at this point, Sylvia actually thought she was pregnant because they had all convinced her that she was. And so the entire time that she was being beat up, she was clutching her stomach saying, no, my baby, my baby. Because she thought she was fucking pregnant. Jesus. Um, Paula started hitting Sylvia at this point. Um, Like, it was like her favorite fucking pastime. She would hit her in the head with literally anything that she could find. Like, anything that was within reach. Like, bottles, plates, whatever. Whatever the fuck was in reach, she would hit her in the head with it. And, um, 
sometimes the kids would beat Sylvia, and then they would all, like, get into a group and just torture her. And they would try to force Jenny to join in, and when she refused, Gertrude would slap her in the face until she gave in. And later she had said that she would use her left hand because she didn't want to hurt her by using her dominant hand. Yeah, poor baby. Um, in October, Sylvia needed a new gym outfit. This is fucking crazy, okay? Because, like, just think of, just remember this timeline. This is the beginning of October. Yeah. So, she needed a new gym outfit, which Gertrude refused to buy. So, one day when Sylvia came home in a gym outfit, claiming that she had found it, Gertrude accused her of stealing it and forced her to confess that she stole it. And then she slapped and kicked and whipped her with a belt... And then she kicked her in the crotch over and over and over again. Oh, wow. And then she told Sylvia that she wasn't allowed to go back to school. What? And, yeah. That was the last day that Sylvia went to school. Um, later that night, she decided to punish her some more by lighting a match and putting it to each of her fingers. Oh, my God. And then she whipped her again. Poor baby. Um, Gertrude started telling the kids to put out cigarettes on Sylvia and burn her with matches. Like, her own kids and neighborhood kids. Like, friends of her kids. And Paula once hit Sylvia so hard that she ended up breaking her hand. And then she would hit her with the cast after that. Like, she started using her cast to beat her. Um, the neighborhood kids would beat her and torture her almost daily, and she was kicked in her crotch area so much that she became incontinent, and, yeah, she couldn't hold her bladder at all. Um, one night she wet the bed, so Gertrude made her go live in the basement with the dog. Oh my god. Where she had no toilet. So she was forced to just go anywhere. And eventually they decided that she was so nasty because she'd been living in the basement that they forced her to start bathing again. And they would force her into scalding hot water. And Paula would sometimes like rub salt on Sylvia. Oh my god. In her wounds. Um. They wouldn't let her wear clothes for days at a time, so she was forced to just walk around naked all the time. And, um, this made it easier for the kids to torture her. They could burn her wherever they wanted. They would burn her and hit her or push her down the stairs. And then they would sometimes make her walk back up the stairs so that they could push her down again. It was just like an ongoing game. Um... She was allowed to eat, but, or she, she wasn't allowed to eat. Like, they, they kept food from her for a while. And, but as another form of torture, they would call her up from the basement and give her a bowl of soup and then tell her to eat it with her fingers. 
and then take it away as soon as she tried. They made her, um, this part is really fucking disgusting, and I'm not going into any details, but if anyone wants to look it up, they can. But they would make her eat feces and drink urine and eat her own vomit. Oh my god. But I'm not going into details on what, when they did any of these things. Um, because it's fucking disgusting. Sylvia and Jenny had apparently told Diana, but she thought that they were exaggerating. Because at this point, she's 18. She doesn't live with... She's on her own. Yeah. Um, Why didn't she take the girls? I don't know. I mean, she's 18 years old. It's the 60s. True. She probably can't afford shit. True. Um... The dad never checked on them, never asked how they were, and never checked into the living situation. He had only been there a couple of times, but he, he'd like each time they'd be like, oh, they're busy, da da da. And he said that he never wanted to pry. Jeez. So, um, apparently, also, a nurse came by that worked for CPS and asked about a child that had open sores. And Gertrude said, oh, she's a prostitute. I kicked her out. She's not here anymore. Jesus. Um, One time, Diana visited, and Gertrude wouldn't let her inside. And later on in the week, Diana saw Jenny outside, and Jenny told her she couldn't talk to her or she would get in trouble. Because Gertrude told Jenny that... If you ever say anything, like, against me or you ever tell anybody anything, I'm going to do to you what I'm doing to Sylvia. Jeez. Okay. Um, Sylvia was eventually allowed to go back to a room upstairs, and Gertrude told the boys to tie Sylvia to the bed so that she couldn't get up to go to the bathroom at night, and she wasn't allowed to use the bathroom until she stopped wetting the bed. Well, I mean, that's not her fault. Literally, she can't hold it. So, of course, Sylvia wet the bed that night. And, um... This part is bad. The next morning, Gertrude forced Sylvia to do a strip tease for everyone. And... Then she made her... I don't know if I should say this part. It's bad. She forced her to masturbate in front of everyone with a Coke bottle. A glass Coke bottle. Oh. Which, if you've ever seen the size comparisons, the Coke bottles were way, way, way bigger back then than they are now. Yeah. Holy fuck. Yeah. fucking horrible she um then decided to punish sylvia once again for the same prostitute rumors even though it's been fucking months um she she told a boy named ricky who he's his name is richard hobbs i think but um his name is ricky to them to tattoo sylvia and for some fucking reason this kid is like yeah I'm going to go ahead and tattoo her. That sounds like a good fucking idea. Um, they stripped her. Forci- they forcibly stripped her. 
and then they tied her down and gagged her. Gertrude heated a sewing needle and carved I apostrophe N into her and then gave Ricky the needle to finish it. And he was like, how do you spell prostitute? So she wrote it down for him and he carved in her stomach area. I'm a prostitute and proud of it. Do you still have those pictures pull up? Yeah. Okay, hang on. Don't look at them yet. Okay. I'm going to send it to you again. That way it can just be the first picture that you look at. Okay. Do you see it? Oh, poor baby. And then the three, I'll get to the three. Um, then Ricky, Paula, and Shirley, who is 10 years old, decided to brand her again later on. And they wrote, they were attempting to write S for slave. And... All they did, for some reason, they they didn't start up here, but they started down here. Mm-hmm. And um, at this point, they, they were trying to force Jenny to help them, and Jenny refused. So Shirley, the 10-year-old, finished it, and she, she screwed it up, and she accidentally made it into a 3 instead of an S. So that's what the 3 is from. Um, then Gertrude said, what are you going to do now, Sylvia? You can't even get married now. How are you going to take your clothes off in front of someone? And Sylvia cried and said, I I guess I can't do anything. It's there now. And at this point, they put her back down in the basement. And Coy was there, and he went down to the basement and started practicing his Practicing his judo stuff on her. Which he's been doing this entire time. From. I don't know. Like. August. To now. And it's October. Um, later that night. Jenny went down to see Sylvia. And Syl- Sylvia told her. I'm going to die. I can tell. And Gertrude came down and tried to give her crackers because she didn't want her to die yet. Um, Sylvia said, give it to the dog. It's hungrier than I am. So Gertrude punched Sylvia repeatedly in the stomach for not accepting her crackers. (laughs) Yeah. Fucking bitch. Um, The next day, Gertrude made Sylvia write a letter to her parents. Let me just pull this letter up for you real quick. To Mr. and Mrs. Likens. Because that's how someone would address their parents. Right. I went with a gang of boys in the middle of the night. And they said that they would pay me if I would give them something. So I got in the car and they all got what they wanted. 
and when they got finished, they beat me up and left sores on my face and all over my body. And they also put on my stomach, I am a prostitute and proud of it. I have done just about everything that I could to do ju- that I could do just to make Gertie mad and cause Gertie more money than she's got. I've tore up a new mattress and peed on it. I think they were trying to they it's spelled so weird. Mm-hmm. I have also cost Gertie doctor bills that she really can't pay and made Gertie a nervous wreck and all her kids. there's that Jesus as if I mean if if uh, if her parents believed that shit there's a problem yeah 100% not like her mom can do anything her mom's in jail um that night Sylvia overheard a plan that Gertrude was going to leave her body in the woods and that John her son which I haven't mentioned yet but she has a son named John and John was significant in a lot of her torture. Yeah. Um, was he the oldest boy? No, I think he's only like 15 or so. Okay. Um, it'll tell her ages at the end. But um, she said that John and Jenny would be the ones to take her and leave her in the woods. And um, she panicked and decided to make a run for it. So she ran for the front door, and right when she was on the front porch, Gertrude caught her. And she took her to the kitchen and tried to feed her toast for some fucking reason. But she couldn't swallow it because she hadn't eaten in a while. And um, it made Gertrude really mad. So Gertrude hit her in the mouth with a curtain rod over and over again. Oh, the next day, October, was October 24th, um, so this has been going on, this, like, insane torture, like, has been going on for a month now, and Gertrude and John both beat Sylvia, and Gertrude swung at Sylvia with a chair, but the chair broke before it could hit her, which pissed Gertrude off, and made her decide to try and hit her with a paddle, but somehow she missed with the paddle and ended up giving herself a black eye, which, thank God. Right. Um, then Koi came, and he hit Sylvia in the head with a broomstick, which knocked her unconscious. Um, that night, Sylvia banged around in the basement so loud, because she was trying to get someone to hear her, that the neighbors considered calling the cops, but never did. Decided against it. The next day, Sylvia was taken upstairs to a bath, and when they took her out, Ricky and Stephanie realized that Sylvia wasn't breathing anymore. And Stephanie attempted to give her CPR, but wasn't able to get her back. Gertrude told Ricky to call the cops, and remember, Ricky is a neighbor boy. Um, when the cops got there, Gertrude gave the letter to the cops that she had made her write to the parents. Uh Uh-huh. And she told them that she'd run off with some guys, and she just came back, and she was all beaten up and everything, and she just died. And Jenny, when the cops went to look at the body, 
Jenny kind of like followed them and she whispered into one of the cops ears um, she said get me out of here and I'll tell you everything so at this point um, Gertrude, Paula, Stephanie, John Richard and Coy are all arrested for murder um, and then all the younger kids whenever they were questioned and stuff all they said was Gertie told me to I did what Gertie told me to do. Um, her autopsy showed that she died from a brain hemorrhage and shock and malnutrition. Yeah, that's understandable. Um, her fingernails were broken from clawing at stuff. Um, she bit through her lip so hard that it was severed. She suffered nerve and muscle damage. Her vagina was so swollen that it was almost shut, but her hymen was still intact. Um, the dad claimed that he had no idea what was going on and, you know, he just didn't know anything. And Sylvia's mom was so unbelievably devastated that she could barely even talk at the trial and then she died shortly after everything happened. Yeah. Um, Gertrude got life. <laughs> this is all gonna piss you the fuck off. Gertrude got life, but she was a model prisoner. Once again, there's that model prisoner. <sighs> and she was paroled in 85. And she was convicted in 66. So she only got 19 years. And she moved to Iowa, and she changed her name. And then she died five years later from lung cancer, which at least there's that. But she she claimed that she couldn't remember any of her crimes, and she all and like she pretty much maintained throughout the whole thing that she didn't do anything. Yeah, what the fuck ever. Yeah, really. Paula pled guilty to manslaughter and got two to twenty one years. Two to twenty one years. She attempted a prison break in 1971, and then she was paroled in 1972. What? Yeah. How the hell does that make sense? Her name is now Paula Pace. She has two grown sons, and she was working in the school system. Are you fucking kidding me? No. I actually sent you a picture of... It's the one with two people in one picture. Um, that's her now. It says, Iowa teacher's aide fired for role in Grizzly 1965 killing. And that is because the movie came out. About. Okay. Like, once the movie came out, everybody that was involved in it kind of got, like fired from jobs and stuff because they had been lying on yeah you know um the next picture by the way is a picture of sylvia poor baby yeah you can see where her lips all yeah fucked up and her nose looks <coughs> broken in several places yeah jesus so stephanie Served no time at all. 
What? Yeah. Um, all charges were dropped against her because she gave, she turned on her family. So basically it was like immunity for her if she gave all the information on everybody else that had done all the torturing. Hold on a second. Your cat, your cat is needy as fuck. (laughs) Yeah. John was 12. Okay, so John was 12. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, Jesus, yeah. John was 12 at the time, and he was convicted of manslaughter, becoming Indiana's youngest inmate. Mm. Two years later, he was released. Oh, my. Yeah, even though the motherfucker had a, a huge part in all of her torture. What about all these neighborhood kids? Like, Oh, the two that were... The main ones, they got arrested. Okay. Um, he changed his name, and then he drifted around and had a, and then eventually had a religious epiphany. And he was, like, super remor- remorseful and, like, speaking about it publicly, like, everything that had happened. And, like, constantly, like, you know. Charlie! Sorry, people. My cat is really wanting attention (laughs) right now. Anyways, he was speaking publicly, and he's the only one that really showed, like, remorse for what he did. Yeah. Later on. And he ended up dying in 2005 at the age of 52. Um, Marie, who was 11, and I never mentioned her because she really wasn't as significant, but she had no charges, and she was the only one to cry on the stand in the whole family. She was probably scared. Yeah. Like, she probably wasn't, didn't really want anything to do with it. Shirley, the one who is 10 and carved the three, she was not charged. What? Why? Probably because she didn't do anything other than that part. I don't know. Whatever. James, who was eight years old, he got nothing because he wasn't really a part of it. Um, Coy Hubbard was convicted of manslaughter but released after two years. (laughs) Yeah. And then he was tried for another murder in 82, but he was acquitted. Uh. Yeah. And I have a picture of Coy. Let's see. Which one is Koi? Um, this one is Koi. Let me look at him close up. He looks like a piece of shit. Yep. Looks like it. He looks like one of those... No, I'm not gonna say that. That's insensitive. This is John. Okay. This is Ricky. Okay, both... Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you after... Because I'm not going to say that. Okay. Recording. Um, Richard Hobbs, Ricky, um, was convicted of manslaughter, but he died of cancer at age 21. Justice. So, yep. Thank you. Um, Diana Likens, it turns out that she had called CPS a couple of times on it, but... Um, when CPS showed up at the house, Jenny told the CPS worker that Sylvia had run away. Probably. Uh, she was forced. She yeah. couldn't say anything else. So. That is the story of Sylvia Likens. Poor girl. 
My heart is literally broken right now. That's just, like, again, that comes back to everyone who was actually involved in that should have been charged with a lot more than just manslaughter. Yeah, they all should have gotten life. They should have gotten murder one and life in prison. with no Or the death penalty if yeah. that state allowed it. Definitely. Which, like, that was the 60s, so... Majority of it, yeah. And it wasn't even like, and I'm not saying that one murder is greater than another, and I'm not saying that, you know, one family's loss is greater than another, but the extent of torture that this child went through, it's just. Will you go see if he's locked in the hallway or something? Yeah. Um, just the amount of. Torture is completely insane. And I feel like that should be a separate charge onto itself. Yeah. I agree. Because <clears throat> that wasn't just assault. I feel like the dad should have gotten put in jail too because, I mean, just for something. Because, like, that what, was kind, definitely of, what kind of fucking parent, yes, neglect, what kind of fucking parent doesn't check on their child, like, in person, doesn't ask to see them. I mean, hell, at least once a month. Yeah. When they're off working. Oh, hell yeah. You best believe if I'm wor- if I'm not there with my child, I'm calling them every night. Yeah. That at least. But, like, he should have been going and seeing them in person, like, a couple times a month or something. Oh, yeah. And seeing them for himself. Because, I'm sorry, but the second you lay eyes on her, you're going to know that she's being fucking tortured. Exactly. They didn't try to hide that shit. I want to hear a cat her loud as fuck. Do I hear that? That is Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. No, I'm trying to downplay what happened. I just needed a cat cuddle after that story. Jesus. Can I help what you with something, that? sir? Knocking my shit over? Good lord. Cats. So yeah, that, that was heavy. Tonight was a heavy night, guys. Yes. It was definitely intense. And, no, what I was trying, what I was gonna say about, I was gonna wait till the story was finished about those boys, Koi and Ricky or whatever. They literally look like two of the school shooters that you see on the news. Yeah. Like, psychotic, crazy, cold eyes, mostly white. Always white. (laughs) (laughs) We're white. It's fine. Yes. (laughs) Technically, I'm translucent. Oh, I thought you were going to say something else. I was like, bitch, what? (laughs) What you trying to say? Oh, shit. (laughs) Man. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening to that. Um... I think I'm just going to dive into the fact, unless you have anything else you want to add. Nope. I'm exhausted. Alright. So, our fact today... Oh, shit. Hang on. Okay, there it is. Um, so there was a couple studies done on this trick to kind of prove it. On a trick? Yeah. Um, you know, like, the Bloody Mary thing, where you stare in the mirror and you can see Bloody Mary? So, 
turns out there's a scientific explanation to that. After about 10 minutes of watching yourself in a dimly lit room, your, blur your brain literally gets bored and starts scaring you. So you'll very likely see a monster. That monster is your reflection and a, com a combination of your face or another face and your brain causing you to see crazy things to prevent yourself from falling into a blah stage. So it's your brain being all like, hey, fucked hard, wake up. What the hell? Yeah. How, how long do we have to stare at ourselves? About roughly ten minutes. Should we try it? <laughs> no, Jennifer! I'm good. I re Like, you can try it and report back to me, because I'm not... But it sounds like a good time. My brain literally <laughs> fucks with me already. I don't need it anymore. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, you shit. <laughs> okay, Jennifer's about to go scare the shit out of herself, and we will post whether or not it works. <laughs> um, so that is it for tonight, guys. We do appreciate everybody listening, all of our new listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in. Sorry it was on such a crazy week. Um, all of our constant listeners, we love you and appreciate you. Shout us out. You got anything you want to say? Follow us. Follow, follow, follow. On everything. Um, oh, don't forget to send us in your stories. We haven't gotten any stories in yet. We are looking forward to hearing from you guys. Remember, if it's super cool, we'll name a drink after you. Yep. Alright. Well, that's all for me. Alrighty. Well, we will see you next time. Alright. Peace Paranormal out, Peace.